This episode is dedicated to my friend, co-worker, and neighbor, Jesse Freiberger. And I'm sure many of you, he checks one, if not more of those boxes. I've been struggling to understand and cope with the loss of Jesse. And I reached out to a friend who specializes in this sort of thing. And she said, Nick, sometimes the best thing to do is just talk about it. So I picked up the phone and I called some friends. A lot of them very close to Jesse through all points and time periods of his life. And we talked about him. We talked about some great memories. We had a lot of laughs. We shed a few tears. And this episode is dedicated to him and his family and his friends and anybody that knew Jesse. I tried to do a chronological order of his life, but it does get a little mixed up at times. I thought it was very relevant to have Coach Carl T-Bon close out the show. If you're looking for a certain time period, if you're looking for a certain guest, check the episode description for the guests and friends of ours that have joined us to share their memories. And the friends who called in to make this episode possible are Jesse's lifelong friends from Bellevue, Pete Boniface, and Chet Mettinger. Then we take a trip to Sageville Elementary, and we connect with current University of Northern Iowa quarterback, former student of Mr. Freiberger, Aiden Dunn. We talk with teacher from Sageville Elementary, Billy Mock, who knew Jesse as an educator, but also as a basketball official for 18 years. Then we take a look at Jesse as a player and as a coach. Corey Tischer, Wallert Catholic coach, talked to him for quite some time, and we talked about that special evening down at Petrakis Park when... There was that fundraiser and that memorial for the Freiberger family where Jesse threw out the first pitch. Then, Riley McCarron, Super Bowl champion, wide receiver from the Iowa Hawkeyes, wanted to share some memories about Jesse. And Jesse was the offensive coordinator while Riley played for him at Wallert Catholic. And we had to visit with uh, Aaron Hermson and learn more about Jesse the principal. We know that his lifelong dream was to become a principal, and that dream came true. And Aaron Hermson from Marshall Elementary joined us. And closing out the show is Loris Baseball head coach, Coach Carl Tebon. Some interesting off-mic conversations that I've had about Jesse that didn't make the episode because I shut my recorder off prematurely is Coach Carl Tebon sharing with me that God works in mysterious ways. And he was having a baseball camp and there were hundreds of kids there and Jesse's son, Mason, was batting, 
and hit a walk-off grand slam for his team to win the end of the camp wiffle ball tournament. And for Carl to be in that spot at that time and to get out his phone and have Jesse's son Mason do that, Coach T-Bond truly believes that was an act of God, that he got to witness that and also view that and tape that and share that with many of you. And Aaron Hermson shared about a book that was close to the Marshall Elementary family, near and dear to Jesse's heart, and it's a book called The Energy Bus. There's an adult version, and there's a picture book version of the kids. And that was something that Jesse really recommended that a lot of people read. I know I'm probably going to give it a viewing here and just understand the great things that were in there. And Chet Mettinger also shared off mic how Jesse's wife, Heather, talked about how you keep Jesse's memory alive by keep talking about Jesse and keep sharing stories about Jesse. So Jesse, if you're listening, which I know you do, because you would always tell me in the hallway your favorite episodes of the podcast and your favorite moments of the podcast and I still remember you telling me that your favorite episode was Connor McCaffrey, and I appreciate you always listening and always giving me positive feedback. But this one is for you, bud. Rest in peace, my friend. Now sit back, listen, and we'll welcome in our first guest, Pete Boniface, who was a lifelong friend starting out at the early ages in Bellevue, Iowa. Our next guest on our tribute to Jesse Freiberger show is a childhood friend of Jesse. Grew up playing with him, all sports, all throughout Little League, high school, and college, and remained close friends until his passing. Bellevue legend, Pete Boniface. Pete, welcome to the show. Thinking of Jesse these past couple weeks uh, since his passing, what would be your first childhood memory of some times you and Jesse had together? Sure. Well, I appreciate you having me on the show, Nick, and, and um, I'll do whatever it takes to talk about Jesse and, and uh, keep his memory going. So uh, earliest memory, I guess, we would have would be uh, you know, just growing up together in Bellevue, and um, we played baseball every day. Uh, in the summertime, and everybody would ride their bikes, and they'd meet in this cemetery uh, in town, and uh, there was just enough room to play a game of baseball with a tennis ball or whatever, home run derby or whatever we could get going that day. You know, if four kids showed up, you played. If 12 kids showed up, you played, and and that was just something that we did as kids every day, and, um, you know, Jesse was always there, whether it was up there or, you know, at Cole Park doing something or, you know, swimming at the pool or uh, playing wiffle ball somewhere. It was just, uh, you know, that was, that was growing up as a, as a kid in a small town. And I know that's, you know, that's just one of my earlier memories of Jesse. Um, you know, we did a lot of things together as far as little league and playing in all-star games. We'd always combine all the Bellevue kids and play in Dubuque or play in some, a handful of tournaments and, and things like that. So yeah, early memories would be just running around town, being a normal kid and just playing ball. 
so your group of friends, I, I'm curious if, if it was kind of like my group of friends, did you guys play baseball year round except in the winter time or did you guys play whatever sport was in season so football season would we play some pickup football basketball season would we play some basketball or was it strictly just baseball it was whatever was going on at the time you know we'd play baseball in the summer basketball in the winter you know it just it, it wasn't a year-round thing it was just everybody did everything you know whatever was going on at the time it's it's interesting and i i share this in in other interviews talking about jesse is I don't remember Jesse and I don't remember Chet playing against you guys as kids. I remember you because you were the monstrous eight foot guy on those portable mounds that that would would look down upon us. But what what type of player was was Jesse? What was he a feisty slap hitter? I've I've heard stories and I've seen Loris College box scores of 600 foot home runs he hit at the Metro <laughs> Dome. But what what type of player was he? What type of teammate was he? Well, first of all, he was he was the um, ultimate teammate first and foremost. Um, obviously, swung it left handed, had some power in his bat. Um, primarily played the outfield, had a great arm. It was funny. I was making some notes here and laughing, and and uh, Jesse had a great arm, but he could never pitch. <laughs> he could never throw strikes. He could never just figure that part out. But, you know, he would have been a pretty intimidating lefty to put out there. Um, and he could throw it from the outfield. He just could never get on the mound and do it. But, um, you know, Jesse, uh, we competed against each other in high school. Obviously, I graduated from Marquette. He was at Bellevue. Um, we were uh, pretty much the identical age, just a grade apart. And uh, I don't remember ever getting the guy out in high school. He was just, you know, that tough of an out that's just kind of player he was and um you know obviously we we reconnected again later um at kirkwood or after jesse spent a year at kirkwood and and i played in junior college for two years and we we reconnected again at loris uh with uh chet meetinger as well it was all three of us our first years up there playing for coach t-bond and uh yeah you mentioned that and one of my best freiburger memories is and i know um coach uh, t-bond touched on this as well at the at the celebration the other day was the, the, and you talk about Freiburger and Loris and you talk about the grand slam in the Metrodome. Uh, I think one of his first college at bats, bases loaded, nothing, nothing game. And he blasts one over the baggie in the old Metrodome in right field grand slam. I think he had six RBIs that game. Somebody, uh, I think Kurt, uh, Kurt Andrews has the box score floating around on Facebook. I think I saw that too. Pretty cool to dig that up from like 2001 or whatever it was, but yeah, that was that was that home run was relived a lot over here over the last week or so for sure. It's it's great to hear that you shared that Jesse had a great arm because talking to Corey Tisher, he told me that Jesse was primarily a left fielder, and you know this as a baseball coach, and I know this as a baseball coach. Generally, your left fielder has the weakest arm, so it's great to hear that. Uh, Jesse had a, had a cannon in the outfield. Now, I know Bellevue is just a great community, a really tight-knit community. I know this is still early on since his passing, but have you heard anything about maybe the community coming together and maybe putting together a memorial or or an event or anything, or has anything been in the works? Do you, do you know? Um, you know, we've had, we just had some conversations as we sat around, you know, um, after the wake in the service, 
um, you know, just kind of talking about what we could do and how we could keep his memory alive and stuff like that. So um, those wheels are turning behind the scenes. Um, we've got a lot of great people around here that'll that'll make something happen. So as soon as we've got something official on on whatever's going to happen there, I'll, I'll be sure and let you know, Nick. But yeah, that's definitely, there's a lot of conversations going about how we can keep his memory alive and, and uh, make sure those kids uh, understand what an impact he had as well. So. One thing I was thinking about, and I, I've seen this done in, in other communities, is Bellevue has a great brewery, River Ridge Brewing. Mm-hmm. And I've seen other communities do this where they'll they'll have a beer. And I was thinking of a beer, you know, named after Jesse and, um, you know, toward his honor. And sometimes you'll see some of the proceeds will go toward a fund or mm-hmm. a foundation. And I was thinking like the beer would have to be sweet because Jesse was a sweet guy, but it can't be one of those beers that gives you a bitter beer face because I never saw the guy upset. I, I always no. saw him smiling. I always saw him laughing. He had such a positive energy about him. Pete, what's something that you saw being close to him all all through his childhood that stood out to you that you knew that he was going to make a difference and i referred to him as a champion for children and whether he was a gym teacher or an athletic director a student needs facilitator or a principal he just affected so many lives whether they were children adults in so many ways what were some things growing up that when you saw jesse you just knew that he was going to make an impact and and be a positive role model in in many different communities well he he had this great smile and attitude that was just kind of contagious right um i think back on some of the and we're going through pictures and stuff and look at things and everybody's smiling and laughing and making a goofy face or doing something silly that was jesse man he never never took himself too seriously and always made sure everybody around him was laughing and having fun and, and just so positive. And I just think the way, you know, the way he handled this last several months with just a smile and his attitude and, you know, never wanted to talk about, you know, how crappy he was probably feeling, but you know, if he got to see you for five minutes that day, you guys, I'm sure you had a positive interaction where he was smiling. There was just, he, he just had that. I, I just, you know, it was unbelievable just the dignity and the, and the positivity that, that he handled um, this awful situation with. Um, yeah. I mean, but like I said, we've, we've been, uh, we've been connected in, in a lot of different ways, you know, throughout the years, whether it was, you know, as kids growing up together in the same small town and, and playing ball every day or, you know, going to college uh, together and spending time together there and, you know, all of our spring trips to Virginia Beach and Clearwater and Fort Pierce and all those, uh, you know, some of those some of those stories aren't appropriate for the show, but some of them are going to get told behind the scenes, <laughs> which are pretty funny. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, the camp wrap ups, you know, he got to, I got to coach with him for a little bit, too, after he was done playing in between, um, you know, and just what a career he put together um, in a short amount of time, you know, as far as you know, ultimately landing this principal job that he'd been working so hard for and, and set his goals on. And, and you know, he, he became a great official. Um, you know, that's something he got passionate about. And, and, and he was a, a great coach. He just he could just build relationships and talk to people. And, and um, you know, he just had a certain way about him that, you know, you felt like you're the most important person 
in the room when he's talking to you. And, and, um, you know, I, I go on and on and on, but that's just some of those things that just kind of pop into my head right now. Pete, that's, that's so true. And I think of my interactions with Jesse this, this past year. And, and I think I always expected him to beat it. And I never thought it would take his life just by how positive he was and how he was always smiling. And we never talked about that. We always talked, whether it was family or baseball or athletics or his new job and Mm -hmm. how much I missed him at Roosevelt. And just a couple weeks prior, um, he was at his son's baseball game, sitting right by the first baseline. And every inning I would go grab a drink from my water bottle and I would take that 60 seconds just to chat with him. And he looked great. He sounded great. And um, it was it was really, really heartbreaking that he didn't beat it. And I, I just look at you know, the lives he's impacted and, and just uh, wish we could have got 40 more years of Jesse Freiberger, but his memory will definitely live on throughout uh, Bellevue and Dubuque and other communities. Pete, one thing I, I've been adding, I've been doing all of these um, mini segments, I've been kind of ending them with, with the same question, because I think if you listen to this, and I think we can all take something from Jesse that we can use in our everyday life to, to make us a better person. So what's something that you either saw Jesse encompass or he said to you or an experience that you had with him that you think would be valuable information to share that people could use in their everyday life to, uh, to be a better person? I, um, that's, that's a great question, Nick. Um, you know, I think if one thing we can take away from any of this is just, just the way he lived his life and how positive he was with everything and just how, um, you know, what a great dad he was, what a great friend he was, what a great professional he was, um, you know, a great teammate. Every, every, there was no, nobody had, uh, you know, any time where they were ever mad or upset or he just, you know, just to go through life that way and have that, um, you know, positivity and to have that, um, smile is just incredible. And I think that's, that's one thing that'll everybody will remember and that'll always remain. Pete, thanks for doing this. I, I really appreciate you taking 15 minutes out of your day to, uh, share some Jesse stories, talk about his childhood and, um, how he's matured over the ages and uh, not telling some of those stories. So we know (laughs) that he's matured through um, throughout the year. So again, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Nick. Appreciate it. Joining us now on our tribute to Jesse Freiberger is lifelong friend from the Bellevue area, Chet Mettinger. Chet, hope things are going well. Uh, Tell us about your first memory with Jesse, how you guys came to be friends and I believe you and Jesse have been friends for roughly, if I want to say, 35 years. Tell us about some of the high points of being friends with such a great guy. 
Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Nick, and, and certainly appreciate you doing the, the tribute to Jesse. He certainly deserves it. Um, yeah, I've known Jesse uh, my whole life. You know, growing up in small town Bellevue, Iowa together, you, you tend to, to gravitate towards the good people, and, and Jesse was certainly one of those. Um, honestly, the first memory I have of Jesse, so in, in the Bellevue area, uh, during Little League, you get drafted to these different teams, and I was on the Rockies team. I, I, I want to say he was on the Dodgers team. And, and what they do is they will play a season. And then at the end, they'll pick two or three kids from, from each team. Um, and we'll go, we'll go travel and do some all-star tournaments and some different baseball tournaments and, and all that stuff. And, and really he got picked for that all-star team. I myself got picked for that all-star team. And so we come to Dubuque and East Dubuque and, and all that stuff. And, and, you know, that's kind of how we, we first met back in, fifth grade or sixth grade, whatever it was, fourth grade. Um, and that's kind of how it started. We Our first tournament was, was in East Dubuque, and in Jesse fashion, he hit uh, two home runs uh, off a kid in East Dubuque who was, a, who was a really good pitcher. And I thought to myself, holy cow, this kid can play. Um, also on that team was another one of our friends, Tyler Tyson, who was a catcher. So us three have been have been on the same team essentially for since fourth grade. Now – you said he hit those. He hit those two home runs at, at a young age. I, I've been hearing stories about Jesse since since his passing, and since we're on the topic of home runs, everybody from Pete Boniface to Corey Tisher to Carl Tebon have talked about this home run that he hit at the Metrodome over the bag. He estimated 600 feet. What's, what's your take on that grand slam over the baggie? You know, it was a, uh, it was a game changer. Uh, not only did he hit it, that was the farthest ball I've ever seen hit in person. Um, I'll say that for the first time. And the second thing is that I think it was the fourth inning. It was zero, zero. And, Bases were loaded by, I don't know, two outs maybe. And, and you know, that just gave us so much so much momentum uh, for that game. And that was probably one of the first, I don't know, two or three games that we played that year. Um, so for him to crush the ball the way he did in that fashion, the first time he's ever played in a major league stadium, was, was it was an incredible moment for, for a lot of us. And that's why it's so memorable is because the moment where you're at and how hard he hit it. Now, Corey Tischer later in the episode when you listen if you listen to the whole thing audience and i and i suggest you do a lot of great tributes but he said there are some home runs that were hit just because of the bats during that time but he said that this was a no doubt about it home run whether it was a wooden bat or it was a plastic wiffle ball bat he just got everything and and it really provided a spark and i've seen that box score actually i think i saw it on your facebook page um sure. the box score from from that game now chad a lot of people on here have talked about jesse and baseball and we know that he was a baseball coach in the Wallert Catholic program. We know he was a baseball coach for the senior Rams. We know that he continued to play college baseball at Loris College, but you went to high school with him. He's known for being a basketball official, one of the best in the state. What was his basketball game like? I have I have an idea of him of like a a three, a swing man, uh, Manu Ginobili. If you don't know who he is, YouTube him. He was the uh, 
and one trick shot guy before uh, they ever became popular overseas. But what type of basketball player was Jesse and what type of teammate was he? Sure. Yeah, he, he was a, he was just an overall great athlete, you know, and, and from a basketball perspective, he got down on the blocks. He could, he could, he was, he was strong. He was athletic. He was fast. Um, you know, so he could handle the ball a little bit. If he needed to step out, knock down a three, he could do that. But more importantly, he was in there. He was battling with, with some of these guys that are a little bit bigger than us. Um, you know, on our teams in Bellevue, we had to use our speed a lot just because we didn't have six, eight, six, nine guys. We were all six foot to six, two. Um, and he'd be the one that's down on the blocks, you know, box out, getting rebounds, uh, defensively, very great de- defensive player. Uh, but he just had all the tools. And, and I could say that about every sport, to be honest with you, Nick. Uh, you know, when he was, uh, he got moved up to the varsity team in football and basketball, baseball, he started as an eighth grader, I think. Uh, and then the track and field, he was running sprints uh, his four years on the varsity team. So he was just an overall great athlete. Uh, and, and no different in basketball than, than he was in football. He was just... He was just that guy that, that, that would get in there and, and do the things necessary that he had to do to get our team to win. Um, and to your next question, being a teammate, he wouldn't put anyone down. He would like to give crap. He, you know, he would like to dish it out, but he could also take it, obviously. Uh, but he just you could just tell he had fun playing uh, and being out there and hanging out with his friends and, and all that. And that's, that's the type of teammate he was. We actually had a... Uh, him and I got in a little bit of a trouble, so we had to do some extra conditioning at, at Loris my freshman year, but his sophomore year. And uh, I was playing basketball at the time in the fall, and I came down and I, I ripped some tendons in my foot, so I couldn't uh, I couldn't do that extra conditioning. So unfortunately, I told him, I'm sorry, man. So I had to sit there and watch him run sprints in the Graber Center for about a half hour. And I go, I am so sorry, man. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal, anything like that. He never blamed anyone. You know, he just went out there and did his business and, and took took to it like uh, like a good teammate would. Now, earlier in the podcast, we had one of his former students, Aiden Dunn from the Sageville days, and he talked about how Jesse would give up his lunchtime to uh, go out and play football with all the boys at recess. And Aiden is now a quarterback for the University of Northern Iowa Panther football team. And he talked about how Jesse threw one of the most beautiful deep balls. Aiden said 60 yards in stride. I think that might be a a little bit of an exaggeration. I know Jesse has a great arm, but I don't know if he can put it 60 yards. But was, was he a quarterback or what type of football player was he? Jesse was a brute. Um, he he was a running back, so he was our, our tailback on offense. So he got the ball a lot. And then on defense, he was a middle linebacker. He kicked field goals, and he punted. So, he, you know, that Cordell Stewart thing, like Cordell get in there and punt, that's exactly what Jesse did. Uh, so he played the, he played tailback, uh, really great middle linebacker. Uh, he played through injuries. I remember one time his foot was swollen so bad after a game because he sprained his ankle. There's, you look at it and you're like, there's no way he can play next week or the week after. Well, he's like, no, coach, tape it up. Let's get out there and let's play. You know, football is a short season. It's only nine games. And, uh, and he just had a passion for every sport he plays, specifically football and baseball. And, uh, you know, he was he was in on every play. He played with broken fingers. 
there, there wasn't a, a playoff uh, that, that Jesse took. And, you know, a lot of the teammates saw that. And that means a lot to a lot of people when you're captain of the team and you're playing through all these different injuries. And, and no one expects anything less of, of, of him to do that. Um, so his, his football game uh, was real good. Like I said, he was uh, – that's, that's hard to do to get moved up to the varsity level as a sophomore. Um, even regardless of, of the uh, the class that you're in or the size of the school you're in, and again, he was just that that athletic that they they needed him. Chet, it, it's crazy because uh, I I knew of you and Jesse and Pete growing up because you know we played we played baseball against each other and and I really became close to Jesse once I moved into our subdivision and he was just right down the street and uh, then once I started at Roosevelt middle school. And the thing that I loved about Jesse is I look at him now and I never would have guessed that he would have been a middle linebacker or tailback. (laughs) I never would have guessed that he would have been a post player. I, he just, everything about him from his body type to um, just, I just always thought that he would have been a quarterback or, or a three or a two, but um you know, you mentioned, and a lot of people have mentioned just what Jesse provided, and and you, we were talking about all sports here, and and Jesse did, I think, one of the most um, remarkable things that I've ever had an athletic director or somebody that I worked with in athletics do, and there was a whole bunch of kids that were choosing, their families were choosing not to play middle school football. And Jesse reached out to a couple of the parents and said, I'm curious, your son is a great athlete. He's a great football player. How come they're not playing for Roosevelt? And the response Jesse got, well, middle school sports are a joke. The coaches are a joke. And it's a complete waste of time. And word got back to me that Jesse told told the families that said, you know what, I take offense to that. Our coaching staff has Dave Tharp, who used to coach high school football at the varsity level. We have Tyler Ernst on staff, who is a national champion track star. And we have Nick Manaman on staff, who has coached high school baseball and varsity baseball for 20 years. So please, if you're not playing middle school sports, it's not because the coaches are a joke. And and I love that, that, you know, he stuck up for us and he really made us feel like we weren't working under him, but we were, we were working with him. And I, I introed you as being a friend with him for 35 years. What was it like to be friends with Jesse? What were some of the, the great memories, some of the great trips? What type of dad, what type of, of husband was he? Because you can probably provide some of that great insight where the other guests haven't haven't been able to because they haven't known him as long as you have. Sure. Yeah, you know, Jesse, he was a, he's a natural born leader, um, you know, and growing up in, in a small town and you know, him being the most athletic in his class, everyone just naturally looked up to him and he understood 
that people were doing that. And I think he's, you know, to this day, to your point, Nick, he's, he still understands that. In the position that he's in over at Roosevelt, people are going to look to him. And, and he's, that's been going on his whole life. So it just came natural to him. Uh, and, and that's, he always puts himself in other people's shoes as well. You know, like what, how would I feel if someone said that about me or how would I feel, you know, if, if, you know, I was in this position and people didn't know about it. Uh, so I, he just, he wants to make things right. And he wants people to understand, you know, that, that you're going to put myself, put yourself in their shoes. I don't come to your work and tell you that you're doing things wrong and things like that. You know, that that's not the way he was. Um, there was a smile on his face constantly. And I know the, the position he held at Roosevelt was a very, very difficult one, but he, man, he took that in stride and, and he, he enjoyed it. He really did. Um, even though it was a very, very tough job. Uh, but he knew he had to get that thing done to, to get the marshal and, uh, from what I understand, you know, he did, he did an awesome job over there. And it's just the, the testament showed on, on last Thursday. So, um, you know, again, just as a person, you're never going to meet another, you know, another nice guy like him or a nicer guy than him. Um, you know, it, it's one of those situations where uh, if you don't know him and you, if you would know him for 10 to 15 minutes, you would think he's one of your best friends, too, because that's just the way he is. Um Awesome story for his kids' birthday parties or for his kids' birthday. He'll go outside, he'll paint a football field in their backyard, and they'll have football games until basically the grass dies or whatever, and then he does it again next year. Um, those are the types of things that, that he does not only for his kids, but he'll do for anyone. Um, you know, him and I had, had gone through some, some hard times back in junior high as well, and, you know, we, we, got through it. we got through it. We lost another buddy uh, back in seventh grade. He was in eighth grade, and, you know, that, that, really, that really bonded us as well. You know, we got matching tattoos for the kid and for our, for our buddy and all that stuff. So when that happened, we just we stuck together, and, and we just helped each other, you know, because going through those situations isn't easy. Um, his wife, Heather, is an absolute saint, uh, an absolute sweetheart. She's been through a lot the last eight months, and uh, she handled it with grace. She handled it with strength. Nothing, I wouldn't expect anything less of her. Um, they grew up together. They were, they've been dating since, I don't know, seventh grade or eighth grade or something like that. So it's, uh, uh, I've seen their relationship as well uh, flourish throughout the, the last how many years. And, um, again, th- th- there's not a bad thing that anyone can say about Jesse Freiberg. And that's come up over and over and over again in these conversations that I have. And I've never heard anybody say a negative thing about him. And, and that's, that's uh, interesting to see somebody in a leadership position and to have somebody not say a bad person about them. Um, a couple of things you mentioned how he was a rock star down at Marshall. I spoke to one of his um teachers at Marshall Elementary, Aaron Hermson, and she sang his praises later in the episode. So if you'd like to hear about Jesse, the principal, it's later in the episode. And and I had a conversation with Danny Miller, who covered Jesse's uh, benefit at the Senior Waller game. And he goes, I've met Jesse two or three times, but every time I talk to him, I feel like we're best friends. He's just that easy to talk to and he's just that easy to connect. And he, and, and, and Danny texted me, he goes, is that just 
him because he's a principal in public or is that just him because I was interviewing him for the paper or is that just him? And I said, that is just Jesse. And, yeah. and you, you hear that, you hear that a lot. How is the, the community of, of Bellevue coping and have there been, it's early yet, but have there been any talks about any memorials or anything that they're going to put forth to remember Jesse and, and keep his legacy moving forward? Yeah, that's a good question, Nick. I, 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 there's going to be, um, there, there has to be, uh, because he deserves it. He, he deserves more than, than what we're going to, than what he gets to. So, um, I don't have any details on that quite yet, Nick. I know that that's going to be thrown around. Um, you know, a bunch of us, uh, us buddies of his, we already talked about doing an annual wiffle ball tournament for him because he loved wiffle ball. Um, so that's, that's the first thing that comes to my, to my mind is that we're going to get, uh, some teams, maybe, I don't know, maybe over at, at Roosevelt or I, I don't know where, but, um, that's the first thing that's been brought up. Um, just a lot of the Facebook messages, um, the fundraiser that we had for, for him and his family at Dimensional back in February, the support from Bellevue folks. And, and if, if you don't know Bellevue people, you know that when times are tough, everyone's going to do everything they can to step up and try to help. Um, that's the benefit of a small community. That's the benefit of, of a town of 2,200 people. Um, you know, when you're that special of a guy, people are going to step up and do whatever they can, not only obviously to help him when, when he was, he was going through his sickness, uh, but also Heather and her family and Jesse's mom and dad and Heather's mom and dad and all the you know, brothers and sisters and all that good stuff. So, that's the one true beauty. You don't want these things to happen, but you do see what what a community does and how they come together. Uh, whether it's the donations, whether it's the uh, the fundraisers, whether it's just the, the support in general uh, for the family, it's there all the time, and I've seen it multiple times. Um, and it, it's it's kind of the same with everyone. This one just hits home a little bit differently, um, given Jesse was only forty one and. It was a very rare sickness that he got, uh, just unfortunate circumstances. But um, the Bellevue community will certainly rally around this. I talked to Coach T-Bon. He was, uh, he's on later in the episode. He talked about you and Pete and him and a whole cast of others are, are putting their thinking power together, thinking about a Jesse scholarship and, and some things that they're, that they're doing. And I, I mentioned this to Pete and, and I know, um, I know Bellevue people like their beer and Chet, I know, I know you like your beer because uh, I see how much Bush light you put out every Wednesday for the recycling company to pick up. But I've seen this in, in a lot of communities and I don't know if it's possible, but I, I know there's a great, a great brewery in Bellevue River Ridge brewing. And I've seen companies that they'll come out with a beer that will be toward a fundraiser or will be toward an individual and whatever they sell, they might give a dollar somewhere. They might give half the proceeds somewhere. And I don't know why I was just thinking, you know, there has to be a Jesse Freiberger beer that has to be sweet just because he was such a sweet, kind kind young man and uh, I can't say enough great things about him but Chet please uh please keep me posted on 
anything that's happening, I, I do believe it or not, people do listen to this podcast. I do have somewhat of a social media reach. I, I, can, know, I, I know that. <laughs> I can get that. I can get that out there and we can get the ball rolling. Chet, anything that you'd like to talk about or share about Jesse before we welcome in our next guest? And I ask you a question that I've asked all guests prior about Jesse. Yeah, Nick, the only thing I'd say is, is the way he handles different situations, the way he handled our buddies, uh, unfortunate passing back in 1998. I see the way that he handles his students. I see how much he cares. He gives me examples of different things and how he handles stuff. And he just, he always looks for the good in the people. He always looks for good in everyone. And that's why he was so respected and so well-liked because he doesn't, no one knows what other people are going through. And he takes time to understand that and talk through that rather than just coming unhinged because of one thing or another. He tries to talk through it with you. He comes up with a solution and it makes all the sense in the world. Um, and, and, And it takes a special person to do that. You know, the patience that he had in his position at Roosevelt uh, is, is unparalleled compared to probably a lot of people that, that, that wouldn't be able to handle those situations. Um, and in all honesty, he was just a dear friend. We spent a lot of time together. Uh, we had pillow fights together. We just did a bunch of crazy stuff together with, with our friend group. And uh, we just laughed. And, and, you know, that's the biggest thing is that you always saw a smile on his face because he always knows life's too short to not laugh and to, and to make it to make it what life is. And, you know, at the end of the day, life always wins. It's just a matter of what you do, you know, during the, the, the time that you get. In his 41 years, he made a lasting impression on a lot of people, not only in Dubuque, but Bellevue and the wrestling community. Uh, Hawkeye Heaven community just posted something on their Facebook page, the coaching community. It, it just it's, it's evident the mark that he had on a lot of people. And a lot of it is because he was just, he respected you no matter what the situation is. He got to know the situation you're in and he had a, a great solution for you. Um, and, and that's just, that, that, that's an un, that's an unparalleled uh, cri- uh, characteristic to have Nick. You're, you're exactly right, Chad. And um, just, just such a, a great guy. And, and he's one where his name and his legacy and his passion is not going to be something where a week from now we're not going to be talking about him. He's going to be talked about for years and years and, you know, decades since his passing on the great individual he was. And that leads into my next question is, is there anything that Jesse ever said to you or, Anything that you saw from him or an experience that you had that just encompassed how great of a guy he was that we can pass on a message from Jesse and maybe we can put that into our toolbox and help us be a better person moving forward. You know, he said a lot of things, (laughs) Um, you know, and I, I just I keep going back to 
the one thing every time we would go out to dinner or we would go out for a drink after dinner or something like that he spent more time i think with everybody else within the vicinity or within the the, the area than, than he did with us because he was so well liked and i said man why don't you know you should just be the mayor of Asbury or something like that. I made a, I made a joke to him and he goes, honestly, Chad, I remember coaching that kid's son eight years ago. And I remember this and I remember this guy from here, and his kid at Roosevelt. It's just incredible. He's how he got to know people. And that really hit me because it's like, he took the time to get to know not only the, the parents, but obviously the students, but all, but also the parents uh and and he just he he wanted to be that person not only just to be liked but he wanted to be respected and, and, and he understood his role there um and you know growing up again we had a lot of fun but his professional career with with the position he held at roosevelt i just i learned a lot from him um and, and how to deal with people and, and how to put yourself in other people's shoes and and how to talk through things and not come unhinged right away and um you know, that's that's the biggest thing that I took away, you know, obviously being kids and, and growing up in high school, it's just it's a lot of fun and we kind of go through stuff. Uh, but his professional career has made my professional career better from taking those from taking those uh, points of, of emphasis that he had of, hey, I just like to get to know the people before I whatever, you know, so um, that's all we can do as people is to, is to grow and develop. Uh, and I just, I, I just had the most utmost respect, not only as one of my best friends in, in the history of the world, but as a true professional, uh, growing up. Chet, this is not a slight to any of the other guests that have appeared on this tribute to Jesse, but I think that is the one thing out of what everybody said that I'm going to take and you don't know what other people are going through. Mm -hmm give them an opportunity to explain and, and help them through those hard times instead of just being quick to judge. Chet, thanks for uh, sitting down with me for 27 minutes and talk about a great friend of ours and share some stories. And um, again, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, Nick. Former student of Mr. Freiberger, and it's a young man by the name of Aiden Dunn. If that name rings a bell to you, he was a fantastic quarterback for the Hempstead Mustangs and is still playing football quarterback for the University of Northern Iowa Panthers. Aiden, this is a tribute show for a guy you would have called Mr. Freiberger. When you think of Mr. Freiberger, what are some of the memories that pop up that just really show how great of a man he was and how caring of an individual he was? Uh, I mean, the first things that stick out to me are anytime I remember elementary school in general are how kind and how caring he was. We would go out to recess every day and that was his that was his time to give the teachers that's their time to eat lunch every day. And he would come outside no matter what, and he'd come out and play football with us. So he was giving up his own time to make our recess more enjoyable. And he would just give up that time. That was his to eat lunch. And we would have already ate lunch and he just came out and would play with us every day. And I think that really just shows how selfless he was and how he put 
our experience as young kids, stuff we might not even remember, or, and I definitely too young to ever think about thanking him for it, but just shows how selfless and how caring of an individual he was. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the first things when you bring up elementary school for me, anytime I think about it, he's one of the first faces that pops into my mind. Aiden, I saw Chase Sabres post on a social media post about the passing of Mr. Freiberger, and he talked about how he threw one of the best deep balls at recess. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that deep ball that Mr. Freiberger threw, and do you think that your passion and love for football may have come from those sandlot pickup games of football that you and your friends would play with Mr. Freiberger? Oh, 100%. Every day just being out there, he would just – oh, my God, I remember that's hilarious that Chase brings that up. Yeah, I always I always remember he's he was the lefty, and we'd be, we'd be running deep. Mr. Freiberger could throw that thing 60 yards on a dot. And it always just made you think. I mean, it always made me think. I was like, I'll never be able to throw a football like that. And then, you know, you, you work on skills to get like a – like a. he's kind of – I mean, he's not kind of. He's a role model for us in that time. And it was cool watching him do things that at that time just seemed so impossible. And so, yeah, I would 100% say he, he fed into the love for not even just football, for sports in general for me and – kind of he showed us how you should treat the generation below you and kind of guide their passions and kind of carve them into into what they they might become i mean hobbies or ways of meeting friends um it's just yeah i mean he was he was a man when you learned of his illness and when you and your elementary buddies learned of his passing I know my friends and I did this. We 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 shared Jesse stories. Were there any uh, Mr. Freiberger texts going on, or any phone calls, or any uh, college guys enjoying a, a diet coke, sharing stories of Mr. Freiberger? And if they did, what were some of those stories that that guys were sharing, or what were some of those memories of Mr. Freiberger that that your friends and your classmates from Sageville were sharing? I, I mean, I remember immediately after his passing, I was talking to Ben Yeager, who was also a student at Sageville, and we were talking about the times, I don't know what grade we were in, but me and Ben were in the same class together, and we would, we'd be playing like sharks and minnows in gym class, and every day he would just hop in and play the game with us. Every day. And, he, and, it, and the funny part about it was he never took it easy on you. He was right there. He'd get you out. He didn't care. <laughs> It was hilarious, and I, I was like, I was looking back on that. I was like, I mean, think of the energy that would take out of somebody every day. I mean, you're playing sharks and minnows with second, third graders who have unlimited energy, and I just remember him tapping us out. Like he would, he would have more energy than us in there. Besides sharks and minnows, what were what were some of the lessons or some of the go-to games? that when you were having gym that day that you're thinking, oh, I hope Mr. Freiberger, for me, it was always Matt Ball. Matt Ball was the game that when we went to Mr. Carney's class at Resurrection, we wanted to play Matt Ball. But what were some of Mr. Freiberger's go-tos? And and 
what were some of your classmates and yours feelings and excitement for going to gym and having Mr. Freiberger? I mean, he was, he had the, he had the dodgeball, he had the kickball, he had all those games, but he would always find his own little spin on it. So we would be playing like kickball and uh, he always found a way to try to take it to the next level. So like he make, if you hit this area on the wall, it'd be a home run or something like that. So I was always his, always his willingness and creativity to take the game to the next level and try to make it more fun for the kids. When I, th- I think of you and I think of your group of friends, many that I had in class, it- it's always great to read about you guys in, in the paper and read about when your former students do things that really make you proud, whether it be making the honor roll or getting a perfect on the SAT or catching the game-winning touchdown in a big district championship game. Did Mr. Freiberger, after you were done at Sageville, would, would he ever reach out? Would he, would he ever make connections with you to see how you were doing? Or once you were done with Sageville, uh, you kind of lost that connection with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel bad because I kind of lost that connection with him a little bit. His, so his brother, Jared, was his brother, Jared Freiberger, ended up being my basketball coach when I was in middle school. So I left elementary school and I started getting mentored by another Freiberger. And it's funny, I would see Jesse at the game, so I'd be talking to him then. And yet I was still young, so I was still in the middle school age. But my parents told me when we were at the um, or at Mr. Freiberger's wake, they were always telling me it was always cool like whenever they'd run into him and like hy or stuff like that when i'd be grocery shopping they're like it's cool to see a guy that truly cared because he'd ask him you know when some people just ask you like oh how you doing how's your kids doing but like they were like he genuinely would care and ask like how are owen how's aiden doing and it's it's rare that you come across people like that so just the how caring of an individual he was it's really really special and he was yeah, I mean, I get emotional talking about him now, but it, it's oh, it is okay because I did roughly a twenty-minute lead-in and I cried throughout it many times. And it's just when you lose somebody so young who was such a great inspiration and just had so much more to give, it it is very it is very emotional. Now, Aiden, before we. Uh, send you out of here we send you back on your way to college the university of of northern iowa for the listeners out there whether it be uh adult or a child or a middle schooler listening to this what were some things whether it be of inspiration or some lifelong lessons that mr freiberger gave to you that you've kind of always kept in the back of your mind that you could pass on a little bit of his greatness through him using your words. And maybe somebody listening to this will take Mr. Freiberger's advice that kept you going or kept you grinding, and they could use that in in their daily life as well. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the things I've always carried with me that I remember so fondly about him is like the stuff that might not seem to matter to you now 
like playing a, like for us. I mean, we're just playing kickball in his class, and it seems like such a little thing, but there's so much you can teach and so many things you can inspire and just being there every day for people and giving that energy, giving that excitement, like that passes that. I mean, that's so contagious and that runs with you throughout your life. So it was his compassion and his excitement that he brought every day. It kind of taught me how to live. It's that you only live once. He just had that to the max. He was just always so, so smiling, so happy enjoying every second of life and i mean that's that's the best thing if anything if you go through your life mr fiber taught me at least go through your life happy and excited about every day i i couldn't agree with you more and you mentioned something about how when he saw your parents he always asked how you and your your siblings were doing and i think that is something that never went unnoticed with uh jesse is just he was so kind to everybody and the amount of messages i've gotten these past couple weeks from people that have known jesse their whole life to people that met him one or two times just in passing at a track meet how he truly cared and he would ask questions and he would have conversations because he cared and he wanted to be helpful and he wanted to be uh, a listening ear whatever you needed him to be he was always there for you and he, he was in a leadership position and he was an official and he was a coach and it's very rare but i have never heard anybody say anything bad about him and everybody just always had so many positive experiences with him, Aiden. And I'm glad you were able to jump on the podcast and tell us a little bit about Mr. Freiberger's life and the impact he made while he was at Sageville Elementary. And we're all going to follow your career at the University of Northern Iowa and hope that you're doing well. Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me on. It's it's uh, feels good to be able to reminisce about a bright spot in your life. So, I mean, it may hurt now, but the memories and just uh, the spark of life that guy put in a lot of people will live on forever. So it's it's very reassuring and comforting knowing that. Our next guest to join us is a fellow teacher from Sageville Elementary, taught with Jesse Freiberger for many years, but also was an official for the sport of basketball with Jesse Freiberger for quite some time. And it's Billy Mock. Billy, thinking back to your relationship with you and Jesse, what would be your earliest memory meeting him? Um, well, thanks for having me on the show, Nick. Um, my first memory of Jesse was like my first year teaching at Sageville, and uh, he was the PE teacher. And just walking into the gym, and uh, he always had a smile on his face, and his laugh was so contagious that you know he just lit up the entire room. So he was the type of guy that you always wanted to be with. And I thought to myself, man, if this guy's here at Sageville, I thought to myself, this is going to be a great school year to be at, and a great place to be and work. And I made many great memories with him, and. Uh, you know, his smile was so contagious and he was so positive with everyone. And 
he just made um, Sage was such a great place to work at. So I was very thankful for that. One thing that I remembered from when I was an elementary teacher is just the reaction my students would have after they came back from specialists, whether it would be gym or music or art and just the excitement that they had and some of the comments that they would make. So being a general education teacher, when your kids, it was gym day or they just came back from gym, what were some of their emotions or excitements or experiences they had while being in Mr. Freiberger's gym class? Well, I think uh, I would say, and people can contest this too, but I mean, everyone loved uh, Mr. Freiberger. So it was gym class. So that always made me kind of jealous as a teacher. It's like, oh, you know, what's your favorite subject? Is it math, you know, reading, social studies? No, it's uh, gym class with Mr. Freiberger. So, you know, kids loved him. Um, he did so many great games with them and he was always playing games with them too. So, which was nice, you know, as a, being a role model too, as a teacher, but you know, his job as a role model, being a PE teacher, I mean, he just made the kids, you know, work hard, you know, uh, he put them first and he was, he would always invite, you know, teachers in to play games with them too. So that was uh, memories that I'll never forget for sure. Billy, one of my reasons for reaching out to you, not only are you a phenomenal educator, but you knew Jesse a different side of him as as a basketball official. So tell us the background from the sounds of you talking earlier. It sounded like, Jesse, you didn't know prior to going to Sageville, and he had been teaching at Sageville, and you met him when you first got hired at Sageville. So how did it come to fruition of you two becoming friends, your relationship developing, and then you guys suiting up together and, and heading out to the basketball court. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was lucky enough to know uh, Jesse, you know, for 18 years, you know, through education and sports. And so Jesse was the PE teacher at Sageville and I was the fifth grade teacher at the time. And, um, you know, I, I would always joke around with Jesse and hey, are you ready to be a ref yet? Uh, I know you want to do it. So I would walk into the gym and I would always you know, as a ref, you're always kind of working on your mechanics. And uh, I would give like a block signal or a, a charge signal. And he'd always laugh at me. He's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> he'd he always laugh. And that, I mean, I will never forget that too. And, you know, after, you know, several years of, you know, saying, hey, are you ready to ref? Uh, he finally joined uh, up with us. And, you know, you know, Al Stoltz. So Al and I were looking for someone else to kind of work with too at the time. And, you know, I knew Jesse was going to be good. I mean, he was athletic and he loved sports and, no, really all he had to do was, you know, work on his mechanics. And I mean, he was good to go. And the one thing that, you know, stood out about Jesse is he was always trying to get better no matter what. I mean, he was always asking for feedback, you know, am I doing this right? Or, he, you know, he always wanted to get better. And I mean, he was always hustling on the court too. I mean, there was not a time where, you know, he'd walk up the court. I mean, he was, you know, he was busting his butt up and down the court. And I think coaches have really appreciated that at the time. So, uh, you know, you know, the sky, the sky was the limit for Jesse. So, I mean, he was such a great guy and, uh, you know, not just, you know, as an official, but in his professional life too, he, he always wanted to get better, you know, you know, PE teacher, student needs facilitator, then ultimately a principal. So just, you know, ultimately a great role model for everyone. Billy, I, I shared this in my intro when I talked about Jesse and the community and my relationship with him and, I don't know if you experience this as an official, but I have never heard 
anybody say anything bad about him ever. And talk about the relationships that he had with your crew and some of the relationships that he had with some of the coaches and some of the players when, when he would be out on the basketball court, because he was a really liked guy. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you make a good point there, Nick. I mean, uh, you know, I was talking to Al Souls about this and just like, you know, how lucky we were as a crew to meet so many great people. And, you know, we were just trying to think about situations, you know, that, Maybe it didn't go really well on the court, and you know, you know, we were blessed that you know we had such a great crew that you know there were times where you, you you don't make the right call, but you know what, you just move forward. But we met so many great coaches and so many great players, you know, throughout Eastern Iowa, you know, traveling from school to school, and I mean, I mean, just like you said, everyone respected Jesse and everyone liked him. Like it's, I think if, I can only think of one situation in our entire years years working together where. There was one fan that actually approached Jesse after a game about a call that he made. And, you know, thinking back, I was like, well, this is really embarrassing for this this fan. But, you know, Jesse being such a professional, like he handled it so well and, you know, just stay positive through this whole entire situation. So, I mean, we were very blessed as a crew to work together and he's such a great guy. And, I mean, hopefully all coaches could say the same thing too. So the thing that, I really loved about Jesse is I, I'm a new official and I have one year under my belt in basketball. So it's, it's become common practice whenever I meet or talk to a basketball official, I always ask them what in your opinion is the most important thing, or if you could give me one piece of advice to officiate a basketball game, what do you think, that that piece of advice is. And, and I've asked roughly 30 or 40 basketball officials that same question. And I got a lot of the same answers, but Jesse's answer was different from everybody else's. Okay. And it's, it's one that I'm, I'm really disappointed that I'm not going to live out. But he said to me, Nick, why don't we do this next season? you and I will go on a Saturday or Sunday and we'll work a youth league tournament and we'll book a full court. Me and you will work together for eight hours and you can watch me work and I'll watch you work. And then when we're all finished or in between plays or at the end of games, I'll give you feedback. I'll tell you what you did well. I'll tell you what you need to work on. And then, and then we'll move forward from there. And, and I was really, uh, really sad when he passed that that we won't we won't get to do that together but you guys were a really well respected crew when you guys got honored for your hard work and your dedication and you got to work the state tournament in Des Moines talk to me about that what year was that was there any nerves heading into the game were there any um any memories that that came from that state tournament assignment? Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I remember that vividly. So that would have been the 2022 season uh, of the Iowa Girls State Tournament. And um, when you officiate basketball or any sport, you get kind of that assignment, like you get an email from the state um, ahead of time about a playoff game or a state game. And I, I remember him calling me that morning saying, dude, did you get that email? I was like, no, I'm I'm still in bed here. What's going on? He's like, oh, dude, I think we just made the state girls the girls state tournament. So I was like, what? You know, that was really cool together to get that. And then just you know, 
the drive down to Des Moines, um, I remember him picking me up and we drove down and we were just, you know, we were talking about, you know, how proud we were together. And this is, you know, such an accomplishment to have to get to work this game together. And uh, I, I told you, Jesse, I had, I had the opportunity to work the boys state tournament the year before. So, um, when you go to the state tournament, it's like a blur because, you know, it's a big arena, the Wells Fargo arena, and it's like, it's loud, bright lights. And, you know, you know, you ref a regular game during the season at a high school gym. It's like, oh, you do this every night. It's no big deal. But when you're refing at Wells Fargo, it's, it's just a total different feel. And, you know, the assigners will tell you, hey, just breathe, just relax, because the game's going to be a blur. And uh, sure enough, it, it's like that when you first ref there. And even still now for me sometimes. But, um I remember Jesse, just looking at Jesse and just looking at his face, and he was, you know, I have a few pictures of him reffing, we're reffing together, and he, you know, his his face was beaming up, and he was smiling and having a good time, and uh, uh, it was uh, a memory that I'll never forget for sure. So uh, we were very truly blessed to work together. Are there any some lighthearted moments, whether it be in game action or the drive down or or the drive after that? just is just a funny story that's worth sharing so to kind of give you an experience of mine so you can kind of think of where I'm leading with the question one time I I signaled a three-pointer started backpedaling and uh three-pointer was good and I tripped over my own feet and did a somersault fell on my butt got up make sure no one was looking and Somebody came up to me after the game and said they, they they saw my somersault, they saw my fall, but I recovered quickly. So is there anything that, you know, when you think about Jesse, I mean, I've shed a lot of tears. Um, I've had a lot of smiles. I've had a lot of laughs. And there's some things that I go back to that that I'll chuckle at or I'll laugh at. But anything that you can share with the audience that you had uh, a, a funnier time that may have taken place either on the court or, or after a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one memory that uh, I think Jesse would attest to this too, is uh, we were working up uh, with Al Stoltz up, uh, up in a Northern small school up in Northeast Iowa. And uh, that was one of Jesse's first years refing. And uh, we were with Al and Al would, he would tell you the same story about this too, but uh, uh and I've never laughed so hard, and this is kind of inappropriate to laugh during a basketball game, but it was towards the end of the game, and the game was quite, it was over, but there was still some time left, and this kid came running across the pick, and Al just happened to be in the way, and Al just put his arms up and just laid the kid out, and the kid just <laughs> went flying to the ground, and I thought to myself, oh my god, that's the greatest pick I've ever seen in my entire life, and Jesse and I just looked at each other, just dying laughing, and it's like, oh my gosh, like, I we couldn't even keep the whistles in our mouth because we were laughing so hard. It's like, how can we keep doing this? And I mean, Oh man, that's a, that's a memory I'll never forget for sure. So that's, uh, (laughs) I mean, there's lots of different memories like that, that have occurred throughout the years, but that's one that sticks out. But, you know, you talk about just like, you know, car rides together. I mean, you know, you spend, you know, as a, an official, you know, you, you, you work your regular job. So, you know, we're both teachers and we can stay with you. So, you know, you, you wake up, you, you teach all day. Um, you might drop your kids off. Jesse's kids were a little bit older at the, at the time. And so he wasn't experienced in that. It's like, don't worry, Bill, that's going to get easier as it gets older for you. But, you know, I have to find, you know, a babysitter for the kids. So drop the kids off somewhere, a babysitter or my, or my parents watch them or my in-laws. And then we go rough the game, you know, for a couple hours. And then, you know, get back late you know you're thinking about the game and 
I think those are the moments that you'll, you know, cherish for the rest of your life too, is just that time you get to spend in the car, you know, the car rides together from, from site to site. And, you know, when you get to ref with your, you know, your best friend, uh, it's, uh, you know, something that you'll never forget. So, you know, I had wrote that style, you know, I, I love basketball. I love officiating. I love Jesse, but when you get to ref basketball with uh, your best friend, um, you make memories that will last for a lifetime for sure. That's, that is so true. And, and I, I love the story you shared because people don't realize this about officials is um, how you had to get a babysitter and you had to pay for a babysitter to go officiate a game. I remember actually it was one of Jesse's son's games this summer is normally I rely on my parents and my parents, I didn't ask my parents until a couple of days before and my parents were busy. And then I, um, asked my daughter's respite workers and they were all busy and I ended up paying Google said babysitters make $15 and 30 cents an hour. So I ended up getting a babysitter to go ump a baseball game that paid me $90 and I had to, I had to pay the babysitter $60 (laughs) and people don't, don't realize that, but you know, Jesse, Yep, you do for the love of the game for sure. You do, and Jesse always had a smile on his face, and he would always share the experience. And once I got out of coaching, he was saying, "Nick, you need to do this." And he was one of the ones, him and Al Stoltz, that yep. that really got me turned on to doing basketball because I was strictly a baseball guy for so long. Billy, I have a question that I want to add with end with but is there something that you wanted to share or you wanted to say about jesse before i ask you my last question and then we bring in our next guest okay um i guess one thing that jesse always taught me was you know not to worry about the little things i mean you think about uh you know life and your work your family and you know, he always put his family first. And that's the one thing I really admired about him was, you know, he'd always talk about Heather. He'd always talk about his kids and he always put them first. And, you know, as an official, as a, you know, a teacher, you know, family is the most important thing. And that's something that I'll never forget. And, you know, really not to stress over the little things in life. I mean, you, you know, you know, think about officiating, you know, you worry about a call you missed and, or you worry about a game assignment that you want to get or you don't get. And it's like, in the long run, does that really matter? No, you know, he always said, you know, family comes first. And that's something that I will never forget. And Billy, you had a different relationship with Jesse as, you know, a co-worker and official and, you know, basketball crews, they travel together quite a bit. And I'm ending all of these little interviews, these tributes to Jesse with, the, the same question. What is, what did Jesse, a piece of advice or something that you learned or picked up from him that you think would be beneficial for somebody listening to this, that they could put into their everyday life to help them when they're down or help them be a better person? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, uh, well, I know this for sure, but uh, Jesse, you know, he always wanted to, um, get better or be a better person. I mean, he never, you know, was never stagnant. He was always moving. He always wanted to, um, better his, you know, professional career, 
his you know a fishing career and then ultimately putting his family first too and that's something that you know as a young official or any official like you always want to get better you don't want to just kind of be in that same place i mean you always want to get better and you know you want to make the right call and do the right thing and i think jesse um jesse freiberger is a great example of you know always doing the right thing always putting his family first and that's something that uh i'll i'll never forget either Billy, I, I can't thank you enough for sitting down with me for 18 minutes and sharing Jesse's stories and adding to this tribute episode. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Our next guest joining us on the podcast, this tribute to Jesse Freiberger, is one who knows Jesse in quite a few different aspects of life. And it's Corey Tischer, head coach at Wallard Catholic. And Corey Tischer played baseball with Jesse Freiberger at Loris. They coached baseball together at Wallert Catholic. And they were also both physical education teachers in the Dubuque Community School District. Corey, thinking about Jesse, what would be your first memory of him or of meeting him? Yeah, uh, that's a good question, Nick. I, 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 Jesse. Jesse's just an, a remarkable uh, a person. Uh, yeah, I met Jesse. It would have been uh, two, fall of 2004. I was a sophomore at Loris College, and uh, he transferred in uh, after a year at Kirkwood. Actually, it might have been circa 2005, actually. Uh, one of those two years. But my uh, like first like memory of him um, would have been his first year at Loris. We went up to the Metrodome, you know, the old Viking Stadium before the collabs stand up, you know. There was like 15, 20 of us that were just together the other night. And uh, up in the Metrodome, we're probably playing 2 o'clock in the morning because we always play these weird, odd times up there. But he, uh, he hit the farthest home run um, we've ever we've ever seen. Um, he had a grand slam at the Metrodome way up, way up in those upper deck seats there. Um, he had six RBIs. You know, somebody found a box score. So that, like, first – when I think back to Jesse, it was that, that, that game. I can vividly remember that. But um, – but yeah, um, that was the first time I kind of met Jesse, um, you know, over at Loris College when we were playing together over there. I saw that box score, and this this might sound bad because Jesse and I are the same age, and Asbury and Bellevue, we played against each other so much growing up. And this isn't a rib at Jesse or, or Chet Mettinger, but I only remember Pete Boniface, and I remember like this eight-foot giant that stood on these portable mounds breathing down your throat. And if you had a foul tick, it was a successful at bat. But what type of player was Jesse? Was was he an outfielder? Was he a scrappy young guy? You said he uh, hit the furthest home run you've ever seen. So was he a power hitter? Did he just get good metal on it? Tell us a little bit about his game and the type of player he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he was left-handed, so he came in, you know, played some first base, uh, first base, played some outfield, but uh, for the most part, you, you know, uh, Coach Tebon put him out in left field there, you know, for most of his career there. Um, yeah, he definitely was, you know, uh, I, mean, I can't really think of a comparison right now to, like, the baseball player, but he was a lefty that, uh, you know, understood the plate, um, his zone, but yeah, he definitely had some good pop, um, for sure. So, yeah, he, um, you know, just a type of, you know, now, now, circa being a coach, I mean, I would have absolutely loved coaching a guy like Jesse. Um, you know, just did everything you asked, did all those little things that we as coaches love. But uh, 
you know, as a baseball player, yeah, he was a first baseman, you know, left fielder for the most part, most part at Loris. You know, I'm sure being from Bellevue, I'm sure he did some pitching in high school, um, but um, I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, now, I don't know if my eyes were playing tricks on me, but when I was at his wake, I believe I saw a picture of him in a Waterloo Bucks uniform. Do you know, did he ever play in the Northwoods League? Did he ever suit up for the Bucks at all? I, I don't believe so. Um, I mean, I'm pretty confident in that, but uh, I could be mistaken. I'm pretty sure he, he did not. So let's let's talk about your time at Loris as well. And, and I could be wrong on this, and you're really good at correcting me when I'm <laughs> wrong, Corey, but I believe I saw something on social media, and it was you and Pete Boniface and Jesse Freiberger with Coach T-Bon, and it said the best coaching staff yeah. around. Did you guys coach at Loris as well? Yeah, so so Pete and I ended up, I mean, both – Pete and Jesse, um, and I know this podcast will talk about, you know, Pete as well, but both Pete and Jesse transferred in at different times to Loris. They went to a junior colleges first, and then Chet Meeninger came directly from Bellevue, but we're all, like, different ages. So, like, Pete and I got done playing the same year, and then um, we joined we joined the staff there, so we would have coached Jesse and Chet um, for their well, one more year, and then Jesse came on board, and, like, Jesse and I were teaching – and Dubuque, and then we're like the volunteer coaches, so we get to as many practices and games we can. But, um, you know, we definitely made uh, you know, those, those trips down south to Florida, you know. So, uh, you know, being, being 22, 23 years old, and you know, um, we, we, we had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we hopefully, you know, taught some good baseball to those to the Dewhawks there in early, early to mid 2000s. But I can tell you, we had a lot of fun, uh, when we weren't at the baseball field. So, those, those memories, I mean ground round um was the place to be chad who now randomly just saw the other day downtown he's owning a new bar downtown but chad who used to own uh used to run the ground round when i mean we you know if we had two thousand wings in about a five-year span there along with a lot of water um you know it was, it was a ton of fun we had now when you were coaching with him at loris Jesse also became a coach at Waller Catholic, where you're now the head coach. What what type of coach was Jesse? You think of coaches and you think of how players and teams take on the mentality of their coaches. What type of coach was he? And what type of mentality did his teams that he was a part of take on when he was with the Wallard Catholic program? Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things, like, and I know it's kind of, it gets thrown around, um, you know, he's definitely like a, like a player's coach. I mean, just honestly, it's, it's crazy. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I think both me and you are pretty good people, but I'm sure we easily could find some people who would say some things that are, you know, maybe people don't, don't like us the best. Like, I honestly would, would have to stop and think about anybody I've heard talk negatively about jesse at all like he was just a good dude and like all his guys you know he would have been probably 20 22 23 years old you know and just you know those guys first experience because he was a freshman coach for us those guys first experience in the program and he like taught the game correctly but had fun with them you know that type of thing and you know i can just remember him just running around you know with the you know the wallard hat on and you know getting his teams going so they're always fun to watch because you know, fundamentals were super important to the both of us. So, and, and Coach Rowland as well, who obviously would have been the head coach at Wallard at that time. You know, so Jesse definitely taught the fundamentals, but kept it really light and fun. 
which, uh, you know, those 14, 15 year olds, it's super important to keep them interested in baseball when it goes from, you know, playing maybe a couple times a week to those daily practices that happens for eighth grade and freshmen when they just get into high school programs. Corey, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that about how well liked he was. And I, I start every episode with, I did not do it for this episode because so many kids are going to listen to this and coach Freiberger was their favorite coach. But I, I start every episode with everybody's favorite coach, coach Manaman. And that, that is hyperbole because I was not well liked. I was not well liked at all. Uh, the kids that didn't play, their families didn't like me. Uh, opposing players, opposing coaches, umpires. I, I was not really well liked, but you were right. Jesse, just I have never heard anybody say anything bad about him. And, and, I, and I started to think about all the situations him and I were in and all the situations that him and I had together. So he was our student needs facilitator at Roosevelt and him and I coached against each other. And, and if somebody was having a, a problem in the classroom, he was the one to provide the discipline and the consequences and having to contact the parents. And he was in a leadership position. And it seems like a lot of times people not in leadership ship positions think they can do a better job than the leader that was appointed. And I never heard that with Jesse. Everybody was just always on board with whatever he wanted to do, whatever his suggestions were. And that's just been a common theme from players and students and officials that nobody ever had a bad thing to say about him. And I, I remember him at senior because he was a varsity assistant and I was a varsity right. assistant and I don't know what it is before games, but it's, it's like the dumbest unspoken rule ever. The head coaches talk and the assistant coaches talk and <laughs> God forbid I go talk to the head coach because I'm the assistant, but I was always in awe talking to Jesse before games. And I was also in awe of his fungal work. And if you're a righty and you hit a good fungo, it kind of goes unnoticed. But if you have a sweet stroke from the left side and you could hit a good fungo, it just it just added um, some great frosting to the cake. Um, I want to talk about his his benefit. How did that come to fruition? Whose idea was that? And Coach Soigling is going to appear on the podcast as well. How, how uh, did it come to get him on board? Yeah, so, I mean, and, and, and Tyler did a great job, and it's not the place to talk about, you know, what Tyler did over at Senior this year. But we, we connected over the winter, um, you know, and I just kind of threw it out to him. I um, mean, you know, Jesse's super close, um, you know, to me. And, you know, and I know and he had coached Tyler and, you know, obviously coached both our programs. So I just kind of threw – it out to him about, Hey, would you be interested in doing something? And he was all bored. And then we, you know, we kicked a lot of ideas back and forth and, you know, whatnot. So I didn't give Tyler and the senior baseball program a lot of credit. Um, yeah. Cause that, that May 26, I mean, that, that's a date that'll stick in my brain forever. Cause that was just an absolutely beautiful, magical um, night down there uh, at Petrakis to, to raise money, you know, uh, for his family. And then again, I don't, you know, we, we did a 50-50 as well, you know, with, you know, 50% of the, you know, whatever pot was went to Jesse, then 50% of it went to the winner, and uh, his daughter actually won the the 50-50 that night, you know, so that, again, just 
you know, as a man of faith, like the man upstairs. So it was just, it was just cool how all that whole night just, uh, just transpired. That Besides was... the final outcome of the game, but uh, that that's a whole nother thing. But uh, yeah, but uh, that's pretty cool. That was one night where I I was so pissed about the umpire shortage because I was booked and I signed contracts in February, March, and April. And when I saw that Wallard and senior was putting on that benefit, I, I really wanted to be there and I tried to be there and I could not find a sub that night and, and I wasn't able to make it down, but I, I was following it vicariously through social media and I sent Jesse a text the day of, I said, whatever you do, do not short hop the catcher, <laughs> throw a strike. And uh, he sent me a text <laughs> the next day saying, well, I sure, I, I surely didn't short hop the catcher, <laughs> but um, I almost airmailed the catcher. And Jesse just had an infectious personality, um, contagious. We talked about in baseball how hitting's contagious, but he just had a contagious personality and um one thing i saw uh how much money was raised and how many people were in attendance and i i don't think i'm misspeaking when i say this but i think that was your biggest attendance game wise and i know that was the biggest attendance game wise for senior what was the what was the feel like in in the park that night having him walk out there in his uh, Dodger blue and <laughs> and chatting with um, with all of the players and chatting with the coaches and I saw a lot of handshakes and a lot of hugs and um, I, I know you're a sensitive man just like I'm a, a very sensitive man I know there were probably some tears shed but what was the night like in the ballpark? Yeah, it's one of those you know things that like you envision like no different than, than, than a game or you know getting ready for a test or whatever like you envision how you think things might go but like yeah the, the vibe in the ballpark like yeah you know we're, we're competing against senior and you know all that stuff but that 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 night was just that you know until the game started it was just all about like jesse and like the unity like we're doing things that are bigger than than ourselves like yeah we're playing a highly competitive baseball game but at the end of the day, it's just a baseball game. Let's call it what it is that we were able to like join in unity to support somebody who has helped both our programs that was super close to to myself and Coach Toyglin and like majority of I, I don't want to speak for Tyler over there, but the majority of like my guy our our, our wallet baseball players like most of them didn't know Jesse. You know, I think there's a couple of parents that did, and now you know, and again, I don't know when you're releasing this. Now they're like continuing to bag to wear you know his you know. Jesse, like we're wearing, like they probably say, we're wearing Jesse's shirts for pregame tomorrow, right? I'm like, yeah, if that's what you guys want to do. Like they are like just wrapped around, like as they've learned, like who he was as a person, the family man, like the sports person that he is, you know, like they didn't know who he was six weeks ago. And now they just, you know, through, through us and through other people and, you know, social media right now, they're, they're learning about the, the wonderful man um, he is. One thing that, um, I loved about that night too, is just how generous everybody was and how giving everybody was. And I didn't hear it from him and I don't think I heard it from you, but um, 
very well respected umpire Eric Olson did the game that night and I had heard that Eric had donated his game check to the Freiburger family as well which which I thought was uh, extraordinary for for Eric to do I have a question Corey that that I'm going to end with but I don't I don't want to shortchange you at all is there anything that you would like to share about Jesse whether it would be a memory or a time of you guys, you know, at a PE meeting or, or a lighthearted story before I ask you my lead out question for our segment here. Um, I mean, I could, I could sit here and, and talk forever um, about Jesse, but um, without knowing exactly what your last question is going to be. So I won't go long winded here, but like, no, I mean, just like, there's a time to be serious and there's a time to, you know, goof around and have fun. And we definitely like, you know, even at meetings, like, you know, there's time to like be focused and there's a time to do other things. So, I mean, whether it's on the golf course or, you know, you know, out for, you know, for a drink after, you know, after school on Friday or whatever. So like really be able to like compartmentalize like what, what we're doing, but like, having fun was was something we we always did and jesse definitely uh wanted to have fun um you know but obviously there's a time to uh you know be serious and things like that so yeah i'm gonna hold off see what your last question is because i I don't remember what you said (laughs) Corey. i i can't try not to cry here man let's keep it real that's that's all right i've i've cried early and i've cried i've cried often and that's okay um because Jesse was one of those guys where um, he's he just was a phenomenal man, and uh, it's it's okay to show emotions. I know sometimes uh, we're we're hesitant to, but um, I mean it's a it's a guy who was a great guy, was a great dad, and I I just think of how many times. I would text him or walk by him in the neighborhood or see him at passing time in the hallway. And now there's just a lot of good memories and uh, thinking about it, 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 it sucks. And I, I know I'm struggling with it because I just look at the similarities between him and I with our age and the number of children and that sort of thing. But my last question Corey, and again, I want to thank you for giving up 20 minutes to to be a part of this tribute episode to Jesse Freiberger is being in his presence or conversations that you had or maybe something that you may have witnessed in him. What would be a piece of advice that you picked up from Jesse or something that you learned watching Jesse that you can share and you know maybe somebody listening to this or maybe something that you you use in your everyday life that is just a great piece of advice about life and getting better and being a better person any anything that you ever picked up from jesse yeah um probably probably what jumps into my head and is a like it was very like focus on like what he wanted to achieve in life and did everything to, to achieve that next step. So as we talked about briefly earlier, like, yeah, we were both elementary PE teachers, you know, what, 23, 24, 25 years old here in 
the mid two thousands. And he's like, Tish, like, you know, what do you want to do? Is this what you want to do your whole life? I'm like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, ever thought about like the athletic director, you know, getting your master's and I'm like, well, no. And well, I think it was like 2008, 2009, we decided to get our master's together through some online university that he, he had found. And, um, you know, you know, the nice little extra amount on the paycheck. So that was a two year program that we did together through that. So we finished that and, um, and he's like, all right, what's next? I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? And I'm like, we just did two years of, uh, two years of school, you know, along with our full-time job and coaching, you know, I think he probably was close to getting married by then. Uh, I, I was not, um, you know, and he was like, he's like, well, you know, we can be athletic directors now. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't think I want to do that. And he was still kicking around that route. And he's like, well, I think I'm, you know, might go into attempt to get my administration to, you know, become a principal. I'm like, oh, bro, there's, there's no chance that this guy's doing that. So, you know, he, he went through that, whether he did it by himself or with other people, I'm not sure. But knowing that he wouldn't leave his options open to continue to learn about that type of leadership into the administration world. And I know that's when he got out of PE, you know, and then went over to Roosevelt, where I think he met you then to do the, the needs facilitator. Um, you know, and then just knowing he wanted to be a principal and then he accomplished that goal, you know, last fall, um, you know, so just setting, setting goals for yourself and your, there's going to be roadblocks, there's going to be detours, you know, there's going to be failures along the way. But, um, you know, as I just reflect back to like things that just conversations we had as players, as coaches, as PE teachers, and then just trying to, up ourselves in a, in our profession. Like he always just wanted to continue to set higher and higher goals to, to achieve. And, you know, he, he achieved them you know, all the way. So, you know, that, that's the biggest thing that I'm going to keep with me is just um, who he is and what he did to try to, you know, be a better husband, dad, teacher, coach, administrator, and he did everything he could. Um, and yeah. Great, great, great advice. And yeah, definitely sometimes around him, I felt like an underachiever, but uh, he never made me feel that way. And I I, I tweeted this, you know, one thing I think I really picked up on is uh, you can never hold your kids long enough or tight enough. And you can never tell your spouse enough that you love them. And you know, your friends, it's, uh, it's okay to tell your closest friends that, that you love them. And, uh, Jesse is a, just a a great man. And, uh, again, Corey, thank you for, uh, taking some time out to, uh, jump on this episode. And, and I really appreciate, um, everything you do for the, the community, whether it's teaching or coaching or, just so many things that you do. And uh, thank you for that benefit that you threw you and senior for Jesse. I know it was very well received and, and um, I know people enjoyed being there and supporting him and seeing some good baseball as well. Yeah, I appreciate Nick uh, um, doing this, doing this episode a little bit different detour of your normal podcast. So we're out here and uh, you know, I've, Cannot wait to uh, hear this release and, you know, be able to listen to all the variety of people you have on and, you know, it'll be a, 
a great a great reflection time so i appreciate you uh doing this for just an absolutely tremendous man and tremendous family um that they are joining us now on our tribute to jesse freiberger is former wallert catholic running back and quarterback went on to play at the university of iowa and then also played for the New England Patriots in the NFL, and it's Riley McCarron. Now, Riley, I said you were a running back and a quarterback at Wallert Catholic, so your connection to Jesse was he was Coach Freiberger, and he was your offensive coordinator. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Um, you know, Jesse, I, I think it was two years, my junior and senior year, um, as the offensive coordinator, and um, – yeah, you know, I just wanted to share just a few memories that I had or, you know, things that I think about when I think about um, Coach Freiberger or Jesse. Um, but, you know, I had the privilege of having him as a coach, like you said, uh, for two years, I believe, at Wallard. And, um, you know, I just remember him. Um, you know, there's very few people that can have such a positive and easygoing impact and consistently do that on a day-to-day -day basis or practice-by-practice -practice basis. And I just remember him always being such a, uh, you know, easygoing guy and someone that was so easy to talk to. You could, you could put your trust in him and, and, you know, never really gave me that uptight feeling. And I could kind of play loose and always be loose around him and focused. And I just, um, you know, one of the few things that I appreciated, um, you know, as, as having him as, as a coach and just being around him um, day in and day out. And, you know, it was just one of those, easygoing feelings that he would, you know, instill in all his players. And I could just tell, you know, throughout the team, you know, a lot of guys really trusted him and, and he was, you know, gravitated towards him and just wanted to be around him. Um, such a positive impact, like I said. And, and uh, you know, as a high school kid, that's about all you can ask for. Riley, when you played for him, they say that a lot of times teams – will encompass the identity of of their coach so what what type of coach was uh was coach freiberger was was he in in your face yell scream type of guy or more of a laid back x's and o's type of guy and what type of relationship did did you have because i know that quarterbacks and quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators have a special relationship what was your relationship like with him? Um, to be honest, you know what? Uh, obviously, um, you know, anytime you get a new coach at that first, you know, at the beginning of that relationship, you know, he's a coach, um, you know, just trying to, I wouldn't say impress him, but you want to show him that you're committed, um, you know, to being the best athlete or the best player, best teammate you can be, um, coachable and all those things. But, you know, very quickly he, he turned into a friend. Uh, like I said, easygoing coach. He's not going to be the one up in your face yelling. Um, but he was always very prepared, um, and he didn't need to yell. You know, he understood that when he would tell us something that, you know, we would take that to heart. We would, you know, listen to him, execute it, or do whatever was needed. But I always appreciated his easygoing attitude. And, you know, he was always having fun with things. And, you know, I think a lot of times that's something that people take for granted and, um you know, we, we put in a lot of work. So um, to have someone there to, you know, bring the fun out of everything and everybody, but also be serious at the same time, um, I really think that um, goes under the radar. And, and what I appreciated most or one of the things that I really look back on and appreciated 
um, you know, that aspect of him and, and how he made us feel day in and day out. And, you know, he was really committed and always pre- prepared, like I said. And so he didn't be, need to be the coach that was up in your face or up in your grill. And, um, you know, we just had a, we had a solid friendship. And, and that's how I look back on it. And, you know, you can't really say that about too many coaches. Riley, one thing that I thought was was really impressive and it was probably pretty difficult for you. So at Waller, you came up the whole time as as a running back and the Waller coaching staff said, you know, we have one of the best football players. We have the best athlete in the state. And if he's at running back, teams are going to cue on him and they're going to focus in on him where if we put him at quarterback, he's going to touch the ball every single time and we can do some misdirections he's going to have the ability to throw he's going to have the ability to run and you and your teammates that I coached in baseball at Waller when I was at Hempstead I always followed you guys in whatever sports you did and I may be wrong but a lot of what I see in today's NFL with the running quarterback and the read options and putting the quarterback on the move I saw that very early in Wallert's offense when you made that transition to quarterback. So how did that transition from running back to quarterback go? And how did Jesse help make that an easy transition? Yeah, you know, um, and, and Jesse deserves, deserves tons of credit, um, you know, not only for that, but, you know, I know he spent countless hours, you know, reshaping or reconfiguring our offense. Um, and what one of the things that Jesse did best in terms of X's and O's is, um, you know, he looked at our roster, our guys, and he put guys in positions to be as successful as we could be. You know, he helped us play to our strengths versus some coaches out there will put a playbook together and then they'll try to insert players, whereas Jesse, you know, worked backwards essentially and said, hey, here's what my players we have, this is what we can do, and he did one of the most, you know, phenomenal jobs of putting guys in position to succeed and to help the team ultimately um, in the long run. But, I mean, he, he deserves tons of credit there. And, um, yeah, as a coach and uh, to be a quarterback and just have that relationship with him, and it, it was always like we're on the same page. And like I said, I keep going back to this, but, you know, to have that friendship aspect, you know, I could come off the field and just let him know, hey, I screwed this up or, Vice versa, he would say, "Hey, I, I did this wrong, blah blah blah." And it was just, I it was, I don't know, just one of those things. There's just so much chemistry there, and um, you know, it was easy for me to play for him. Um, and I think that's one of the best compliments you can give a coach. Uh, you know, he he really did um, the legwork there, and um, you know, it definitely um, made us more successful as a team, as individuals, and um, but most importantly, man, just. Uh, to have the fun that we had and, and uh, that easygoing, carefree, and just go out there and play. Um, you know, one of the things that I'll remember the most and, you know, some of the most enjoyable football I've ever played. Riley, last question that I have for you before we, we welcome in our next guest. I know you guys had had a great year that year, your senior year when you were quarterback. When you and your teammates are friends from – that season uh, get together or you have your texting chain, what was just a big play or a big game or a huge moment 
that that you remember and how would Jesse have been a part of that? You know, um, it's really tough to nail down, you know, a single um, component or single uh, game where we felt, you know, kind of changed the course of the season. But I think, you know, even before that first game and when we guys got guys out there practicing and scrimmaging and whatnot, and you could just felt, feel like there was this sense of confidence, this sense of, okay, like, you know, we're making progress and we haven't even stepped on the field yet. Um, but, you know, we are consistently moving the ball. We're putting guys in the right positions. And, you know, that credit goes to Jesse for, um, one, realizing that. And then, two, you know, putting guys out there. And, and uh, we really spread it out and let guys be athletes on the field. And, and uh, you know, he did a phenomenal job putting guys in place. But one thing that kind of sticks out to me, I, I think that we kind of had a – you know, a breakthrough game against Cedar Rapids Wash early on my senior year, and we went down to Cedar Rapids, and they always had a, a good, solid team, and I think they might have made it to the quarterfinals that year, I, I remember right, but, you know, we just moved up and down the field, we stopped them on defense, we were moving the ball on offense, and it was kind of one of those things like, okay, like, you know, this isn't a fluke, we can do this, and, um, you know, just credit to, to Jesse for all the time that you know, what people don't see in the offseason, putting that offense together, putting guys in the right position. But, um, yeah, it was just, you know, his attitude, his positive attitude was just, um, you know, contagious. And you see a lot of guys gravitate towards that. And, you know, when you start having fun and, and guys aren't up tight, you know, you see a lot of good things happen. And, you know, that started with Jesse and just, you know, his personality, the way he coached, and just the way he is as a, as a person. And I'm sure he was as a teacher and principal. Um, but just, someone that people tend to gravitate towards and you know as a high school kid you know that's what you love to see and, and be a part of and anytime that you can uh take that and, and bring out the best in other guys it's just uh it's, it's a it's a great feeling and it's, it's hard to describe but um no just an incredible honor to, to be able to play for him and, and be a part of that small uh window Riley, thank you for uh, taking 10 minutes out of your day to share many great memories about Coach Freiberger and stick around for our next guest. Joining us now in our tribute to Jesse Freiberger podcast is Erin Hermson, and she's a first grade teacher at Marshall Elementary. And on this episode, we've had people that have known Jesse as a childhood friend, played sports with him, played under him. And Aaron is going to give us some insight on what it was like to work for Jesse. But I know Jesse would never say that people worked for him. They worked with him. So Aaron, take it back to last summer. And I know in a school, there's always excitement. There's always nervousness when your school has a job opening for the principal. And when you found out that Jesse Freiberger was named the new principal at Marshall, what were some of your initial thoughts that you had? Um, there was no nervousness for us. He did an amazing job on his interview. He just impressed everybody that was able to sit in on that team. And it was excitement. And I can still picture Amy Hawkins introducing him and he walked into one of our kindergarten classrooms and he looked like he was a kid on Christmas morning. The smile was across his entire face. He was like jumping and hopping as he came into the room and he just, 
he 100% has always been upfront with us and told us how excited he was, but how nervous he was because he had never done it before. But just the look on his face, you knew that we were going to be so happy with having him in our building. And we, yeah, we were so lucky that he was placed down at Marshall. One thing that really surprised me about him and working with him at Roosevelt, and we would talk about principal jobs is his heart was really set on being an elementary school principal. And that really surprised me because he's big into athletics, he's big into sports, and that really doesn't take place at the elementary level. But he was just excited to go to the musical or the elementary track meet or some of the events that took place at elementary school settings compared to the sporting events that take place at the middle school and high school settings. Aaron, when you think about your year with Jesse and the staff, what were some of the student interactions that really stood out to you and that hold a place in your heart? Or maybe they happened with a coworker. You talked about the big smile on his face when he popped in to a kindergarten classroom. But what were some other interactions that stand out to you and the staff that he had? He just, he was so set on making those personal connections with everyone. It didn't matter if it was a preschool student or a staff member. That that was always his goal. So you knew when he stopped and asked you, how was your weekend? He genuinely meant that. He wanted to know about us. He wanted to know about that. He made his rounds every morning. And in our classroom, we always had a joke of the day. So he made it a point to stop in and he let the kids tell him the joke all the time and he faked like he didn't know it and the kids thought it was the funniest thing that the principal couldn't even figure out what the punchline was for the joke (laughs) but he just he just had this way of connecting with everyone and our friday morning meetings he would start out with usually oh my gosh what a week but with a smile on his face he was so excited to say well i got to you know, hang out with this student for so long, and I think I got through to them, or he would say, yeah, I didn't know what in the world I was doing. I'm so happy that somebody stepped in and helped me out. He just was, he was excited to hear about his adventures every Friday with the whole staff, and he was never afraid or embarrassed to say, yeah, I didn't know what I was supposed to do there, or I didn't know how to handle that. He always tackled every situation with such a positive attitude that that's, I That is what I am trying to live more like every day, being more positive and looking at everything with such a positive attitude all the time. The thing that I respected most about him when I was with him at Roosevelt and then being able to connect with him personally once we uh, were living in the same subdivision together is no matter how big or how minuscule Um, whatever question or whatever conversation you wanted to have with him, he always made that a top priority. So laptop would come down and he'd have eye contact or cell phone. If it was out, would, would go in his pocket and you always had his full attention. And I like how you talked about how he asked and he stopped because he cared. He wasn't doing it just to make small talk. He generally cared. Now I did see some 
pictures on social media of the Marshall staff. And it looks like you guys had, had a good time down there. It looks like you guys had a lot of fun together. I, I saw there were some axe throwing events that you did, but what were some things that Mr. Freiberger, that Jesse did that really helped build student morale and staff morale the time that he was there? I would say student morale, he made it a point to recognize different students, like over the announcements, he was always excited to share different successes that they had or cheer them on. If he knew that, like you said, the band concert or the musical, he made it a point to congratulate them after they did a great job and to always wish them well before that started. Um, Staff morale, he brought back with us being named after John Marshall, he was a judge. And so he went out and bought a gavel and gave out a John Marshall award to us as staff members, which as staff, we never received awards in the, I think I was, I've been there 10 years. And so he made it a point to seek out and then that gavel was given to the first person. And then he encouraged us to watch for other staff members. And so you got to pass along the gavel and kind of explain why you felt that person was, um, why they deserved the award for the month. And so something that we kind of tossed around last week was, instead of it being the John Marshall, we would love for that to be named the Jesse Freiberger Award that we give out to staff members each month. But then he um, he was big into pins. If you ever noticed his lanyard, it was covered in them. And that was not anything we were used to in the elementary world. And so the same Friday each month, he would give out anywhere from three pins to like six or seven pins to staffers that he wanted to recognize for something that they had done throughout the month. And just to kind of be put on the spot like that and be like, wow, he he is watching. He knows what we're doing. He's seeing the good that we can put out in our classrooms or in the hallways or wherever it may be. It just felt so amazing to be recognized by him because that's not something that we were necessarily used to. He made it a point to like pop into each classroom. I still have my Jesse letter that I received and it's really sad. I can tell you I got it in October and it was just a quick note of what he saw in my classroom, what he was excited to see, and how asking what can I help you to do to be able to push beyond this so he made it a point to give each of us a handwritten personal note which that's kind of gone by the wayside anymore that it just we all said we will hold on to that and treasure that letter forever he just to help with the staff morale too he made sure that family was first if you had a kid's event to attend. It was, we'll figure out how to cover. You get out. You need to be there. That's your top priority. And you can see that for him, family was first too. And so it was so amazing that he could bring that into our school and do his best to make our school his second family. That just the value that he put on family was just what Marshall needed at that time. Aaron, it's, There's a phrase, you learn something new every single day. I had no idea that John Marshall was a judge. So thanks for sharing that that tidbit. And actually, you kind of answered a question that I was going to follow up with. I know at Roosevelt Middle School, we're tossing around some ideas on how we can keep Jesse's memory alive. 
in the building and Jesse was an avid baseball player, loved the game of baseball, big fan of the Dodgers and talking about putting a Jesse Freiberger Memorial bench by the baseball field. And it's great to hear that Marshall's already talking about taking that gavel from John Marshall and, and making it a Jesse Freiberger award. I, I know his family would, would love to hear that. And we'll love hearing that if, if they listen to this, Aaron, I, I know Jesse was only there for a short time. How do you think his memory and his legacy will live on at Marshall? Well, as a staff, we're like trying to kind of come up with a phrase and it's there's we've tossed around so many different ideas because there are so many descriptive words that you could use to describe him. But something that we have said, it kind of started out with lead like Jesse because he was an amazing leader. He was a natural born leader. But it can't just be lead like Jesse. We want to live like Jesse. We want to love like Jesse. And we want to be able to love like Jesse. So we're kind of tossing around that phrase. And I think it's a phrase that anybody can live by. If we had just a few more Jessies put out into the world, can you imagine what the world could become and how amazing of a place it could be? Aaron, you, you said it really well. I, I know my wife and I were talking about this the other night at dinner, and I just cannot believe with his diagnosis and his treatment and with how sick he was, how he showed up to Marshall and did a great job, made it a priority to connect with the staff and connect with the students and really do a good job to have a successful school year. I know my wife and I were talking that if I may have been in that situation, I may have packed it up for the year and said, you know, we're going to go travel the world. And um, if I beat it, I'll be back next year. But if I don't beat it, I'm going to go spend, spend time with my family. And Aaron, I, I like how you answered that last question because I've been ending every single segment with Jesse was such a positive guy was such a great role model. What could listeners take from this that they could use in their everyday life? And you did such a great job of, of answering that anything you'd like to say about Jesse or about the impact that he made at Marshall that hasn't already been said that you'd like to say before we welcome in our next guest? I am just, I am so fortunate that all the stars aligned and I was able to, even if it was only a year, work for Jesse. He was amazing. There's no other word to describe it, but amazing. And I am so lucky that I got to know him as a person. Aaron, uh, condolences to you and, and the Marshall staff, and I hope you guys have, have a great school year, and uh, please keep Jesse's memory alive. We will do our best, Nick. Closing out our tribute to Jesse Freiberger is Loris head coach Carl Tebon. Coach T-Bon, when you think of Jesse, what is the first memory that pops into your mind about him, whether it be as a person, a player, coach, or both? 
Oh, good question. I think, you know, the big thing that when, when anything about Jesse pops into, you know, my head right away is, is just that uh, his great smile, his cheesy smile, his there's no one that never said anything bad about Jesse. But, uh, you know, on the baseball side of things, uh, his first big career moment, I think, that he had for us, there was there was many, but just one here is we were up in the Metrodome and he had the bases loaded in the third or fourth inning against Northwestern, and he hit the farthest baseball over the baggie into the second deck any Duhawk has ever hit. And, and uh, just remembering him coming around second base with that smile and, and all that, uh, he made the Duhawks better that day, that's for sure, to hit that grand slam and end up two for two in uh, – you know, in, in the game with six RBIs. So it was, it was, that was a special moment. That's for sure. Everybody that I've talked to that played with him at Loris has, has mentioned that home run and that box score. Yeah. (laughs) And that box score from that game, I I've seen floating, floating around um, social media. Now he, you, you, described him very well with his smile and then he had that corny smile now I remember playing Bellevue as a kid but I really only remember Pete Boniface because he was so intimidating on the mound but what what type of player was was Jesse was he was he a competitive guy or did he just was he real lax and loosey-goosey and let the game come to him how would you describe him between the lines yeah that I think Jesse had a switch, you know, and, and he, he, no one likes losing. And you know what, when, when you were in a game with Jesse, it was, it was, he was locked in. He, he, he wanted to, to make the play. He wanted to do the, the special thing to win the game. You know, I, he was an outfielder, left-handed thrower, left-handed hitter. Um, he was, he was special in the way that, you know, he was never barking at the other team and, and, and saying that, but he was more, you know, in the dugout, you know, focused, ready to go. And, and, you know, he's, he was a lefty, but he wasn't that loosey goosey lefty guy. He was, he was always locked in and, and, you know, expected to do well. You know, he put a lot of pressure on himself, I believe more than he should have. But uh, I think a lot of guys are like that. But, uh, you know, he he was uh, he was big in a lot of situations for us. But he was just more of a uh, of a of a player that 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 hustled on and off the field that you would want as a, as a any coach would want him as a player on the team. That's for sure. Pete Boniface shared earlier in the show how Jesse always had a cannon from the outfield, but for some reason. Uh, he could not throw strikes as as a pitcher, but he, from the outfield, he could put it right where he needed to put it. But from sixty feet, six inches away, he couldn't. He could not um, hit uh, the broadside of a bar. Now, I, I the relationship you guys had, you know, player and coach, and it took a a little bit different um, relationship there that you guys had. How did it come about where? you wanted to add him to your coaching staff yeah that's uh, that that was easy you know what i mean i mean jesse was just a well-liked guy he's a better example he's just a good teammate he's a a coach 
when when you want when you see a teammate, he was always taking care of the younger guys, always making sure everybody was you know thought about and 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 all that stuff. He never let any kid you know be the last or whatever it would be, but he was, he was just a good teammate. And, and, you know, people say, you know, kind of his legacy at Loris and yeah, we could talk about some of the home runs he hit and games that he had. He was more, he was like a good teammate. I mean, he was one of those guys that, that people would not be afraid to come talk to, would not be afraid to put, you know, he's not, he wasn't afraid to put his arm around somebody and say, Hey, this is what we want to do here. And this is what we will expect out of our, our team. So, you know, he's just a good teammate. And, and I think that was one of the biggest things I, I was easy for him to come coach for us because I knew he had the respect of other players already. And cause you know, your first year as a coach is always your most difficult. And, and, you know, when you're coaching peers and guys that you played against, but, you know, I think guys responded to Jesse and, and, and he could talk to him and, and say, Hey, this is what I went through. And Jesse wouldn't be afraid to say that. I, I heard the other night after after his wake, there was quite a gathering at Lena's that that went well into the night. And you are one of the more popular coaches I've I've spoken to since I've started this podcast. I I know the the mood has been down, and and I found that's what has really helped me is talking to people about Jesse, and those the tears have now turned into smiles, have have now turned into laughter. So, were there any stories, or was there anything shared at Lena's the other night that you had never heard about him that that kind of surprised you that might that might make us laugh or chuckle a little bit? Man, there was more stories I heard from those guys, Tommy Andrews, Pete Boniface, all those guys, Chet, that all lived together. I can't repeat them. That that, that goes to a, a night that we got to hang out. We'll talk about it, but I'm not repeating them right now. <laughs> when when I uh, Pete told me a story about uh, them at Virginia Beach um, off off camera. And when I reached out to Chet Mettinger, he said that he promises he'll he'll keep it PG. So I can't wait to wait to connect with you guys um, to to hear some of those stories. Now, Jesse was a leader in our community. I talked to former students about the impact he made on them in the classroom. Talked to guys that played with them and played for him. What what leadership qualities? stood out that just made him just a remarkable guy that that you haven't touched upon yet i just i think his his ability to to talk to people at a at a level that he that it was what's hard sometimes nick is when you're a coach or a peer or a player or a friend sometimes is just talking to him in a believable way jesse you could trust He's a guy that you could trust, and I think that when when you have trust and you have confidence in a guy, I don't care about baseball, I don't care about a sport, I'm talking real life, that you can be- believe in that I can call Jesse and say, hey, dude, this is this is what I got going on in my life. I don't care if it's a younger kid, some someone that's, that's older or whatever. Jesse could always, you know, give you that, that trust that, hey, 
this is what how I feel. This is how I think I would go about things. And and I think he had a calming effect on on probably kids. I, I don't know that side of him in in the as a principal role or as a teacher role, but I know I you see you see him around when you saw him around people in the way that people always could communicate with him. I just think he was a guy that you could trust and, and always count on. And, and that's what I think, you know, I, I think is one of the, some of the biggest things that, that Jesse always had going for him. Coach, I, I know it's early and I, I know there's a lot of people with a lot of great intentions, brainstorming, a lot of ideas. I know at Roosevelt middle school where Jesse spent some time and where him and I got to know each other before moving into the same subdivision together. We're talking about maybe throwing a bench, a memorial bench to him and putting it at the baseball field. Has there been any talk about how to keep Jesse's legacy, his memory around the Loris baseball program and Loris college as well? Yeah, you know, Pete and Chet and I, we, we've been talking, you know, and, and Pete came up with maybe some type of scholarship that we could do for him and, and, and all that stuff. A lot of things are in, like, the early stages, like he told you. I just think that we're going to do something, you know. It's it's something that, uh, you know, you never want as a head coach to have a player or, you know, a former coach leave before you do. And, and it's just, you know, it's one of these feelings that you get that, you know, you want to do something and, and, and try to make it as best you can out of the situation. And so we'll see what we can come up with. I know he'll have a lot of support in the community, especially the, the, the overall community and, and the baseball community. So, you know, we're, we're working on that and, and we'll see what we can come up with. That's for sure. Coach T-Bon, you have the final word. You're our final guest on the tribute to Jesse and everybody prior. I've, I've asked the same question, and we're always looking for things that we can do as humans to improve. And I think that's where we fall into some trouble when we become stagnant and don't think we have to make improvements in our life. What was something that either Jesse had said to you or you watched him, observed him, something that you saw in him that would be some good good advice to some listeners out there that they could put forward moving forward in their everyday life that, that might help them. I think the thing that, you know, kind of that comes off the top of my head is just the discipline that Jesse had. The discipline of you can't, you know, you always can't be happy. You have to have a, a stern fist and, and, you know, being a principal or being a school teacher, there's, there was certain things that you had to hold your students accountable for. And, you know, the pride that he had in that, that he felt whatever he was doing, he was making the right decision at the time. You know, those are things that, you know, you look up to and that you can see, you know, I didn't see Jesse every day in, in the school where he was working, but, you know, the things that reflected when I seen him amongst athletes or I seen him coaching, you know, players, you know, he made decisions and it, people respected those decisions. Now, everybody doesn't always agree with decisions, but, you know, those are the things that, that you have to learn. And, and Jesse was very clear and articulate with a lot of 
things that he did um, in in probably the, the schools and, and in his life. And, and, you know, there's just not a better person than, than Jesse Freiberger out there. I, I just, I don't believe it. I mean, you know, and the things that he have accomplished in, in his four, short 41 years of life, um, you know, is very well respected. That is for sure. Coach T-Bon, thanks for taking 13 minutes out of your day to uh, chat with us and share some memories about Jesse. And thank you for uh, installing and coming up with something in the program to keep his memory alive. Sounds good, Nick. I, it's the easiest 13 minutes talking about Jesse is, is very easy. Thank you for all the friends of Jesse's that stopped by to have a conversation with me. And in the comments, share your favorite Jesse Freiberger memory or Jesse Freiberger story. Rest in peace, my friend. 643, we're out of here. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review and also subscribe on Spotify.